Let's open our Bibles, if you would, please, for a few moments. And I know it looks like a lot of notes. I don't think it'll be uh, uh, that lengthy tonight. But if you'll look down in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at this, uh, uh, this one passage to start off with. I think we'll probably turn to five or six passages. So not too many. But 1 Timothy chapter number 2. And I hope you'll just kind of hang with me. A lot of, lot of hours have gone into this, this brief Bible study. And so here we go. 1 Timothy chapter number uh, 2 and looking down <clears throat> into verse number 5. Some of you have got this passage memorized. So here it is. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And guess who that is? The man Christ Jesus. So that'll be our key text, and uh, that, uh, that mediator between God and man is Jesus. So let's have a prayer, and then we'll just get, uh, well, let's, well, let's look at one other verse. In uh, 1 Peter, a little bit deeper in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter number 3, chapter number 3, and this is why we're, we're studying this tonight. Uh, we want to have an answer for what we believe. Uh, we never want to be people that are what I would call yes men or yes women. Well, here's what my church believes or here's what they tell me at church. No, we want to know what does the Bible say? Uh, what does the Bible say we're supposed to believe? So look down in First Peter chapter 3 and then we see in verse number 15. And this is a great, great challenge for each of us. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So God wants us each to have the answers. Someone asks you about, well, why do y'all believe this? Well, here's the answer from the Bible. Well, uh, why, don't, uh, uh, why are you not a Muslim? Well, well uh, here's, why, here's the answer. And we just want to have that. So let's have a prayer and... Uh, uh, we'll show a slide or two kind of uh, here and there throughout the evening. Father, bless now this time. Thank you for your goodness to us. Help us and uh, teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's probably enough. If you've ever traveled to the Middle East, that's what you'll be hearing five times a day, broadcast on speakers very loudly all throughout the city. When we were in Israel, we would be in some places where we would hear this. Uh, in Egypt, Beirut, Lebanon, Jordan, many of those countries, it's called the call to prayer. And those speakers are reminding uh, those involved in Islam, it's time to pray five times a day. So that's, that's the reminder. And then I think we have next, uh, I think we have uh, some of the countries that are uh, uh, world, worldwide that are, that are heavily uh, Islam populated, many uh, there in the Middle East and of course uh, in Africa as well. And then I think there's a list uh, right there. Just want you to look at those. Uh, just maybe pick out some, but notice how many 95%, 97%. And 
And you've heard in missions, we call this the 1040 window. It's not just poor people. It's many nations where they outlaw. There can be no Western missionary. People from America are not allowed in many, many of these countries. Illegal, can't have a Bible, can't be on your laptop. You cannot bring a Bible into these countries. And it is, it is strict Muslim or Islam. And so there it is. So many, many of these, you wonder, uh, how come we don't have a missionary to Chad? Or how come we don't have a missionary to Bangladesh? In most cases, they're not, they're not allowed. And unless they're underground or we've reached some national citizens that are building the churches, that's really the only hope that they have. And then, uh, and then uh, let's just keep it there for now. And let's, let's get our lights back on. And just want to give you just a little, uh, some of these notes. Here we go. And uh, jot down what you can. And again, I, I apologize for the microscopic uh, things, but, but it's good for you. You'll eat more carrots by next week or something. And so uh, outward appearance, some men wear turbans. And so uh, it's easy for us that maybe don't know much about this religion to think, well, if they have a turban, they're probably a Muslim. No, in many cases, they're a Hindu. Uh, many Hindus wear the turbans. And then many people that are called Sikh, and it's uh, spelled S-E-I-K, we would say Sheikh or Sikh, but it's pronounced Sikh. And uh, since we have a different word, we don't usually say that. We say Sikh or Sheikh. Uh, many of them would wear them. But most, most of the Muslim men in America, you would not see them wearing the turbans. Uh, the women in the extreme countries would be wearing burqas. And the burqas, of course, it, it looks kind of like a, a nun outfit, except the material drapes all the way over where you just see a little slot and just seeing their eyes. When we were in Egypt, uh, very heavy Muslim uh, influence there, we were at the mall and there were probably 25 college girls that were Muslims and uh, just, just solid black. You could barely see their eyes. And they took a group picture. I mean, we're standing there saying, really? I mean, how would you even know which one you were? In the I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was terrible. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, in the extreme countries, they're forced to wear burqas. In one country, I believe it was Pakistan last week, they said, now we even want the little eye slits covered up. We don't even want you seeing. And some of the men were saying, no sightseeing for the women. We don't even want you seeing outside of the tent. That's, that's that religion over there in the extreme cases. Now, here's a word. I want to introduce a word to you. Shahada. And there it is. It's, it's repeated daily by those that are a part of this religion. Shahada. And here's what they'll repeat. And I had it typed up just so you could have it. Uh, there is no God but Allah. And Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. There is no God but Allah. And Muhammad is the prophet of... So, so that's repeated throughout the day. Got to say it every day if you're in Islam. Now with that in mind, one other verse in Matthew. Just want to give you this. So they have to repeat that, repeat that, repeat that. Notice what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and looking down in verse number 7. He says, but when ye pray... Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. 
for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Jesus looks down from heaven and says, hey, I got it. You don't have to keep repeating it. Vain repetition. Uh, some of you, maybe when you were uh, in the Catholic religion, uh, maybe you did the vain repetitions. Hail Mary, full of grace. Uh, our Father, which art in heaven. How, uh, it just, just repeated where it didn't mean anything after a while. How many Muslims? It's in your notes. One billion. A little over one billion. One out of seven now uh, is Muslim. Islam, what is the definition? It means submit. So that's what the actual name Islam means, submit. And then the word Muslim is just another form of that same word. Islam, Muslim, submit. Allah, who is this? This is what they call God. Uh, they believe we use the wrong term when we call him God or any other name, Almighty or, or uh, Ancient of Days or Savior. Uh, 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 they believe this is the name he wants to be called by, Allah. And that's what that is. Uh, they believe there is no personal relationship with Allah. He does not have a relationship with his creation. Only his prophets. He has a relationship with his prophets, but not the people. Here's what Christianity says. Let me remind you. Say, our Father which art in heaven. Jesus said, you got a relationship. You can call me father. He said in the book of Hebrews, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus looks at us and God says, he's not ashamed to call us sinners that are saved by grace, his brethren. Uh, Jesus was called a friend of sinners. There is a difference and how God appears in these two religions. One, wrath, judgment, hatred, mean. The other, love, mercy, grace, patience. And uh, we'll say more about that a little bit later on. And then we see uh, uh, one of the Islam flags here. Just want to shoot that up. Yeah, there it is there. Notice, notice the, the, the crescent or the moon. We'll refer to that in just a moment. Um, here it is. The power that these Muslim nations have, much of it, you know, in the news, is their oil or petrol. So they've got the money. They've, they've got the oil. If you have ever taken a flight or heard of the place called Dubai, I had a layover there one time. You've never seen anything like it. If you've ever flown over Las Vegas and seen the strip, all the bright lights and, and all those buildings, uh, that's the whole city of Dubai. Uh, they have a man-made island. There was no island there. They made an island. And it is, it is the rich of the rich and the richest of the rich and the billionaires of the billionaires. All of that, all of that money in petrol, if you will. There are several groups of Muslims. There are the what's called the Sunnis, they're the moderates. Uh, they're not the ones running around and strapping bombs to themselves. Uh, they're, they're more moderate. Not all are the terrorists. Uh, there's different groups. And then what we would call the Shiites. That would be the extreme militants. 93% of Iran would be this type of Muslim. Let's keep going here. Uh, roots to their religion. Look over in Deuteronomy for just a moment and, and uh, we'll buzz through these notes in just a moment. But Deuteronomy, I want you to see these two verses, if you will. Deuteronomy chapter number four, Deuteronomy chapter four. 
And God is warning the children of Israel who are now out of Egypt. He's, he's warning them how to worship. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, look down if you can please, verse 19. We'll just look at part of it. Deuteronomy 4, 19, he says, Unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them. So God is warning. He's saying, be careful. When you look up, see the sun, moon, star, do not worship them. And then we see a little bit further in chapter 17. So we are not to worship the planets or uh, 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 the things that God has put in the sky or the space. Deuteronomy 17, last verse, verse number three. And God is, God is, God is talking about these idolaters. He says, and has gone and served other gods and worshiped them, either the sun or moon or any of the host of heaven, which I have not commanded. So many of the early roots of Islam were rooted in what we would call, here it is in the notes, moon worship. So the emblem is the crescent moon. It was a pagan symbol a pagan symbol in Arabia. Allah was worshipped as the moon god. So even before Muhammad was born, there was this worship of the moon god. So here's some of the buildings and some of the other things here. So if you'll see, just right above the statue there, it looks like a smiley face. It's not. It's a crescent moon right above his head. And that's all. It's it's. It's regarding moon worship. Next, here's another one here. You can see these statutes here. Uh, where's this? Not Babylon. Po po Mesopotamia uh, time frame. And there it is again. There's a star. There's the moon. Then the sun. And so, so that was the roots of, uh, of, uh, of the Islam religion. It was moon worship. Uh, Mohammed's dad and uncle both had Allah or the moon God was a part of their names. So they honored the moon God by having him as a part of their name. So moon goes in one, moon goes in the other blank. Uh, their books, let's talk about their books quickly. Two spellings to the word Quran and both are accepted. One's with a K, one's with a Q-U. That basically is their Bible. And the word Quran means recitation. So when Muhammad supposedly went into this trance, supposedly Allah gave him the words for this book. And it's interesting. We'll get into that in just a moment. So in Arabic, it just means recitation. Then they also have other things written down, which is called the hadith. Hadith. And that's collected in the blank is traditions. So there were traditions that were passed down uh, in the Islam religion. And so they had the Quran as their quote Bible and then uh, collected traditions written down. And this is where they based their political and social structure. Now, their leaders quickly, here's our names, Caliph. And uh, that just means a leader. They were the successors to Muhammad. So when Muhammad, their, their leader died, they had successors, much like we'd have uh, the Catholic Church with that Pope and then the next Pope, the next Pope, so forth. And then the word we're more familiar with, Ayatollah. Ayatollah means the master leader. 
some of you old timers would remember one famous Ayatollah. You remember his last, I would call it Ayatollah Khomeini. You remember. And, and so that's that. They say they believe the law of Moses. That's uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy. The Psalms and the Gospels. The four Gospels. Unless they contradict the Koran. So if they correct, contradict the Koran, then the Koran is true and the Bible's wrong. So that's, that's how they do that. What is, what is their belief on salvation? How do you get saved? How do you get eternal life? There are six steps to eternal life. So therefore, it's a works religion. You know, again, every religion, it's either Jesus only or it's works. And this is a works religion. Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. So here it is. Number one, daily recitation of the Shahada. So every day, got to say, got to say, uh, there's but one God. His name is Allah. And Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. Got to say it every day. Miss it? I don't know what happens to you. Number two, the blank five. Five daily prayers toward Mecca. Kneeling or prostrate. Five daily prayers. Uh, we were, uh, we missed a flight. We were in, we were in, oh, we were in Chicago. And so we had an Uber. You know, and I always get nervous about doing that. I just don't like doing it. And I told my wife, I said, I, you know, I wasn't being critical. I said, I just don't feel good. I don't like taking an Uber. I don't like a stranger driving me. It's going to be someone that doesn't even speak our language. And it's probably going to be someone that worships Muhammad. And I just threw it out there. The Uber pulls up. The guy doesn't speak a lick of English. We open the trunk. There's his prayer cloth where he puts it on the ground, kneels five times a day. I said, I told you. <laughs> we were safe. We were okay. So daily recitation. Uh, number two, five daily prayers toward Mecca. Next, almsgiving. And if you want to put next to that 140th, 140th. They don't believe in tithing, but they do believe in giving 140th of your income to the poor. So you're giving it to some needy need. Number four, fasting. Guess how much they have to fast? One month. One month. But get this. From, they have to fast from sunrise to sunset. So once the sun comes up, no eating. Once it goes down, it's eating frenzy. That's their fasting. So they eat all night, eat all morning till the sun comes up. Then they're fasting. Till, man, I like that. Man, that's pretty good. You know, we may adopt. Uh, uh, but, but that's, it, it's called the uh, fast or the feast of Ramadan. From time to time, you'll hear it brought up on the news. It'll be some athlete. He is not going to be able to participate in the Olympics because he's got a fast. It's, uh, he's Muslim. It's the fast of Ramadan and he won't be able to compete. Uh, uh, this is the wrong month. Sometimes you'll hear that. Number five, then they must take a pilgrimage to Mecca. You've got to get to Mecca. What was Mecca? Supposedly, that's where Muhammad was born. That's where he ended up ruling. He had many battles there. And supposedly, they have a special rock a stone, a square stone 
When Abraham and Ishmael made a covenant, it's never mentioned in the Bible. The covenant's not mentioned. The rock's not mentioned. But when the temple was destroyed, their temple, only thing left was that rock. So that's what's in Mecca. And that's what they walk around. They have to walk seven miles around the rock, just walking and walking and walking. I think we have that, don't we? That's good. Thank you so much. So have to go to Mecca one time in your life. And then last, a jihad. A jihad. That's committing suicide while you're killing infidels. Who was an infidel? That's anyone that's a Jew or a Christian. So how does a Muslim get to heaven? Those five things are a jihad. That's what we experienced on 9-11. That was Muslim terrorists, the extremists, who had planned on taking out the infidels. They hate our country. They hate Israel. That would be their goal. Rid the world of all the infidels. So when they rammed those planes into the Twin Towers, they were yelling out their last words. Ali Akbar, praising Muhammad and Allah. And the surprise was they thought as soon as they died, they would wake up on their own planet with eight virgins and have an eternal harem. Instead, they woke up in the bottomless pit screaming and they've not stopped yet. Deceived, deceived as they cut the throats of the stewardesses on the planes, thought nothing of it, and then ended their lives, took all those innocent people. We talked about 9-11 in our Christian school this week. We did a special chapel service and talked about it, how that America, we fight armies against armies. We fight navies against navies. We fight the military. That's how we do war. We don't fight the citizens. And so there they were. They took down the Twin Towers, attacked the citizens. And so we'll say more about that in just a moment. And I still remember seeing on the news uh, that night, you know, they were trying to figure out who was behind the 9-11 attacks. Who was it? Then they showed bin Laden in the tent, watching the news, rejoicing and praising Allah for all the Americans that have been killed. I'll never forget that. Even when America flew the helicopters over, they could have just dropped a big bomb on that compound, took out bin Laden, his wives, his kids, just wiped them all out. That's not how America does things. We drop down and risk the lives of 30 Navy SEALs to take one guy out. That's how America does things. I love our country. Here's a quote from Ayatollah Khomeini. 
The purest joy in Islam is to kill and to be killed for Allah. That's the religion. That's our joy, to kill other people. That was the Ayatollah, the leader. Now, who was Muhammad? How does he work into this? He was born in 570 in Mecca. He was raised by a grandparent, then raised by an uncle. As a child, get this, he had spirit visitations. We would say probably demons. Somehow they had chosen him, figured they could use him. They had a plan for him. I hadn't figured it all out. But then he had visions as he got older. He would fall over. His eyes would roll back, documented by many friends. You can see the whites of his eyes. His eyes would roll back in his head. He would foam at the mouth. And he would hear bells ringing. I guess no one told him, don't ring the bell. Anyway, but he would hear bells ringing. And that's when Allah supposedly would tell him things. In the book of Mark, chapter number 9, I want to just read this just real quick, verse 20. You need not turn there, but Mark 9, 20. Here's what it says in the Gospels, 9, 20. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. Uh, that was a demon-possessed boy they brought to Jesus. That's kind of how Muhammad was acting. Many people in Mecca said he's demon-possessed. That was, that was the consensus. Many people said, that guy is demon-possessed. That's what they said about Muhammad. At age 25, he married, here's the blank, a wealthy woman. A wealthy woman. At age 40, he said he was called to be a prophet. That's when he started his preaching. He became the ruler of Mecca. Okay, we have a lot to cover. I'm going to go fast. Here we go. When he had revelations, we said that. Uh, he heard the bell. Local people said he was demon, and the blank is possessed. So what did he do? He killed those who opposed him. That's how the Islam religion has spread by conquering, by killing, by threatening, by enslaving. Jesus, quote, religion, Christianity spread by love and witnessing and telling the old, old story. It's so different. He killed those who opposed him, looting, fighting, killing, executing, enslaving was his way of spreading his religion. His small army would conquer a village, kill the men, take all the women, take all the children. Now they're Muslims. They'd conquer another group. They'd conquer another group. If they surrendered, they had to, they had to submit to the Muslim way of life. He kept, here's the blank, 20% of the loot. So whatever they took in as bounty, 20% went to Muhammad. In his life, he had 16 wives, six concubines, you ready for this? and one six-year-old wife. That was the leader of the Islam religion. He planned personally 150 battles. In this little handout sheet, many of these is the details of the actual battles that either he planned or Islam Fulfilled later on. Just killing, 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 destroying, burning, burning, and on and on it goes. 
Number next. Once he was powerful, no one criticized him. And that's how the deception in America is now. Try running a full-page ad criticizing the Muslim religion. See how that goes. They've come in. They're the minority. There'll be laws passed. Don't say anything against Allah. Don't say anything against Muhammad. You can't, you can't, you can't. You, and, and on and on it goes. The Quran is full of verses about wars and fighting. Just full of them. How did Muhammad die? He was poisoned by a beautiful woman. He had a weakness for women. Had so many women. She poisoned him. And I think it was just a new recipe to be honest. And you, know, you see, didn't mean to. She poisoned him and said, I knew if you were really a prophet, you would rise from the dead. He had predicted in three days he would rise from the dead. After 12 days, they said, I think we better bury him. Let's keep going here. He had a night ride. This is recorded. In a vision, he flew from Mecca to Jerusalem. The Dome of the Rock, some of you have seen it, you've seen it on television, that big go, that's, that's supposedly where he landed and then where he, he ascended back to heaven. He rode on a donkey with wings. You're never going to believe the name of the donkey. You're never going to believe it. I'm not making this up. Barak. I'm not making that up. It was spelled B-A-R-A-Q, but pronounced Barak. The Dome of the Rock is supposedly where he ascended. The Koran, let's talk about their Bible for just a moment. It teaches men that they receive a harem in the afterlife. The Islam religion is all about men. It's not, it's not about women. The men get all these things. Next, the religion allows torture. In Scripture, God never condoned Israel. Dismembering people, cutting fingers off, torturing, never. In America, even in our prison systems, it's, it's shooting, hanging, lethal injection, electric check. It's, it's, it's not torturing. It's immediate death. Next, they say Jesus was only a prophet and never did die. He just ascended to heaven, but he never died. They reject the Trinity. We already mentioned God is unapproachable. God is wrath and judgment, not love. Whatever happened to this verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Next. The Quran teaches more women will be in hell than men. How do you like that one? Where do they get that one? I don't know. It teaches women are not equal to men. It teaches it is acceptable to beat your wife if she needs it. Now, I didn't put this one in the notes, but listen to this one, especially ladies. Before a man can be convicted of rape. 
There must be four men eyewitnesses who are willing to testify they saw it. Four men. No safety for the women at all. None. Keep going here. Christians and Jews are called infidels and must be destroyed. We're winding down. Almost there. The, their Quran says, one of Noah's sons drowned. Guess they didn't all get on the ark. One of, them, one of them slipped out or something. He drowned. It also states that Pharaoh threatened to crucify the people, the slaves. Crucifixion was not even a form of death at that time. So they have some things in history mixed up. They also teach women are deficient in intelligence. Men are the smart ones. Women are not the smart ones. Here's the one that really, really kind of messed me up. The Quran says, if you have bad breath, Allah won't hear your prayer. <laughs> Look, I'll put a mint to that. That's a tough one. <laughs> Don't pray. You, you got breath mints? All right. Okay, let's go. Breath mints all over the altar. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me conclude with this. So you tell me, is Allah the God of this book? He is not. If you ever ask someone, I'm not talking about trying to, trying to, trying to uh, stir an argument, but, but if you're neighbors or a co-worker with someone who is a Muslim, you may want to ask just several things. Why are you a Muslim? In most cases, the truth will be this. It was not a choice. Probably centuries ago, someone invaded their nation and killed their ancestors. That's why they became Muslims. When you're witnessing to them, major on the love of God, they don't hear that much. Major on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the perfect life of Jesus Christ. Let them see your joy. I was speaking to that man today. He told me he had converted to Islam. And I said, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. You know, and I hope you come to our church, but here's what I said. I said, I just want you to know this. God loves you. God has a big plan for your life. He cares for you. He knows who you are. And he's a personal God. Just want you to know that. That's what I left him with because he's never going to hear it in his religion. And then when they die, they never know they're saved until after they die. They have to live their whole life wondering, did I do enough to earn heaven? What a sad, sad thing. You know, as, as our paths maybe cross some people that have these beliefs, let's be ready, have some background to share so they know we've, we've studied. Then tenderly try to lead them to the same Savior. But by the grace of God, that would be you, raised in a Muslim religion. And uh, thank God.